Hey, my name is Zach, and this is the Plaid Jacket Philosopher, the podcast for tradespeople and the blue-collar middle class. I'm hoping to punch a few holes in the stereotypes that surround blue-collar workers and hopefully share a lot of the stories behind how we got into our line of work and the honest joy you can get from working outside of the office space. The plan is to mix in interviews as well as some solo stories from job sites, fatherhood, and personal experiences that led me to where I am today. Some will be funny, some will be personal, but hopefully any and all content here can help broaden what your opinion is of the blue-collar middle class. Hey everybody, hope your week is going better than mine is. It's been a bit of a rough one <laughs> to start with here. Uh, last week was just a bit of a challenge work-wise, lots of travel, lots of working away from home. It's not always the ideal situation, but you know, I came into this week thinking, ah, here we go, it's a new week, um, new day, we can get started off on the right foot. Wake up and my truck is puking diesel out of the front end. I just had it uh, in the shop this weekend and I guess they... There was a malfunction on basically the O-ring on my front fuel filter. So as soon as I'd fire the truck up, just started pouring diesel. I had a swamp underneath my truck in my driveway. Great way to start a Monday. So I had to get it into the shop. Ruined my whole day by the time it was in and out of the shop getting towed there. It was already 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Not exactly the time I like to start. I like to start early and end by 3 o'clock. So it was a long one, but anyway, it taught me a, a pretty good lesson in patience and uh, a bit of, I don't know, I don't know, it was a, it was a trying time, it was a, it was a test of a day, but whatever, hopefully tomorrow's better, and uh, here we go. This week's topic actually ties in fairly nicely, I didn't mean for this to happen, but I wanted to speak about resentment and envy, and you know, I definitely could have felt a lot of resentment towards the dealership today, and... <laughs> At first, I definitely did. Um, I was pretty angry, but then, you know, in getting there, I realized that the staff that I was dealing with today was not the same as on the weekend. I've been on the other end of that as a tradesperson. You know, you get blamed or you get uh, you get this idea kind of portrayed to you from the customer of dealings that they've had with electricians in the past or tradespeople in the past. It's not my fault, you know, just like this wasn't, you know, the service manager that I was dealing with today. It wasn't his fault that this had happened. And so I really tried to keep that in mind in dealing with him. And I think it, it made the whole process a lot smoother. And so anyway, this week, we're going to be talking about resentment and envy. So my first question in dealing with this topic is, what are you most self-conscious about? And how is it related to those that you envy? If you're anything like me, it usually lines up to be the same thing. Um, whatever it is that you're most self-conscious about, that's usually the things that you look for and you kind of project onto people who you're envious of. I know, again, in my own personal experience, that's what has kind of been the root of most of it. Um, if, you know, whatever it may be, it's something that I feel like is a shortcoming in my own life. And so I tend to exaggerate that in other people or, you know, really project that onto the people that I'm envious of. It, it's really easy to pick away at one particular aspect of somebody's life and then be envious of it, whether that's maybe they have a nicer car than you or they're farther ahead in life than you in your own, whatever your own scope or your own idea of that is. That's usually where you start to build envy. I mean, maybe it's somebody's relationship. Maybe it's their family life. It's their upbringing. Whatever it is for me growing up, a lot of the time it's surrounded around I mean, it seems like something that's fairly basic and it may be less common nowadays than it has been. But for me, it was I was envious of people who had or who came from an intact home, somebody who didn't come from a, a situation of divorce or something like that. And I mean, envy is something that all of us can relate to. It wouldn't be 
kind of depicted as one of the seven deadly sins if it wasn't a universal feeling across humanity. And so it's something that we really need to take account for because it's not like any of us are immune to this or are never going to feel this in our lives. This is something that's very real and it's going to pop up and it can absolutely destroy and undermine any kind of plans you have for the future, any relationships that you have, or whatever kind of social standing you've built up to this point. And it's a very fine line because there's nothing wrong with having people that you admire or that you look up to or that you aspire to emulate. There, there's nothing wrong with that or having having goals for yourself, even when you can kind of, even when you compare them off of other people's success at times. Like there's There's nothing wrong with basically having people that you look up to. The problem is when you start to be envious of their life and you start to dig away and try to find reasons why your shortcomings aren't allowing you to reach to, to their same standards, to their same level of success. It's then very easy for this envy to build this deep, deep resentment for those around you or those who are perceived to be doing better than you. And again, in no way am I taking myself out of this equation. I've definitely felt this. I know that I'm going to feel this again, but it's something that I'm really trying to kind of weed out of myself. It's something that as soon as I start to recognize that feeling within me, it's something that I try to I try to crush. I try to stomp it out right where it begins because I don't want to let that resentment fester. And here's a quote by the late great Carrie Fisher who played Princess Leia in Star Wars. She says, resentment is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. And that's such a key thing to keep in mind. Like this thing may be festering inside of you, but everybody else, whoever you are envious of or who you're resenting, it has zero effect on their lives. A lot of the times they won't even be aware of it, but it's something that is going to continually eat away at your foundations, eat away at your plans for the future. There's there's no room to carry that with you when you're trying to move ahead successfully and trying to build anything for yourself. And to me, as is a common thread on this podcast, but I think it's just common nowadays with the explosion of social media and the openness and the ease of kind of sharing ideas and specifically comparing the highlights of our lives to other people's highlights. Or, well, more realistically, we're constantly comparing our lowlights to everybody else's highlights. Because when you go through your Facebook feed, your Instagram feed, whatever it is, like all those pictures that people take of all the highlights of their lives. But it's nearly impossible to kind of keep that in check when you're when you're scrolling, when you realize that this is somebody's highlight reel, that this isn't actually what day-to-day -day life is like. You don't see the work put in. You don't see the effort behind it. You don't see the fails, the struggles. I mean, actually this week, uh, it was a great reminder, but friend of the show, guest of the podcast, Anthony Blankenship, the author, he had shared something speaking about some some tough times that he's faced recently with just criticisms of the book or different stumbling blocks kind of as he's moving forward and into this kind of new venture of, well, releasing his first book, there's always kind of different obstacles that you run into and things that he hasn't encountered before. And it was a great reminder to just read that and kind of see that other people are struggling because that isn't something that you ever see on social media. People aren't going to share the trials and the rough points in their lives. Everybody just wants to show how great they are. And, you know, I fall victim to that too. I think everybody does. That's that's the way social media is set up. That's how you get likes. That's how you gain followers. That's how that's how you get that attention, that social status. So I, I understand it and I fall victim to it too. 
but it's something to keep in mind and it just it makes that sense of envy and resentment so much easier to kind of cling to nowadays when you've got this steady reminder of how air quotes good everybody else is doing when you're comparing it to your everyday life and everyday grind and that's again one of the reasons why i like to bring up trades and blue collar work working with your hands that ability to actually fix things and grind and build things with your hands like that isn't necessarily the most glorifying job you're not going to see people bragging about it all the time i mean i like to try to highlight the highlights of it when it comes to you know the instagram feed or the facebook page whatever it is for the plaid jacket philosopher like that's what i would like to draw attention to because there is a lot of that it's just that it doesn't get highlighted very often people view trades and you know, working with your hands is kind of being a dirty, lower-end job, but there is a lot of fulfillment that you can find in there. It just doesn't always show up in the way of glamorous Facebook posts or going on work trips or anything like that, but it's there. It's the ability to really build a life for yourself and build that sense of self-worth. And anyway, digressing back to kind of social media and the impact that it's had there, I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of what's driving a lot of the social division now does feel like there's a lot of envy and resentment in it i mean that's you know that's like saying the sky is blue obviously there's a lot of envy and a lot of resentment out there and it you know gets directed at different people different classes at times it's so it's such a vicious downward cycle and it's just swallowing up more and more people right like it's it's this anger that's really festering under the surface like you can feel it you go online or you see all these different social movements and you try to figure out what is the base motivation behind a lot of it and to me a lot of it feels like envy it feels like you're in this position i don't want you in this position anymore i want to take that position and i'm willing to do whatever i can to take it from you but it's not a case of trying to build yourself up in most cases. It's trying to tear the other person down to your level. And again, the problem with being online and being able to find all these different like-minded people like you, like that, that can be a great bonus. But at the same time, it can pull you deeper and farther into that resentment, which leads to just this absolutely vitriolic hatred. And it's it's so evident nowadays, it's almost impossible to stop once you kind of get sucked into there and then you just find these people who are fueling it and and kind of giving you a target to aim at. And again, it's it's people that you end up, that you're envious of for whatever reason, but it quickly turns into a hatred. And then it turns into, again, two camps, which is the division we're seeing everywhere right now, which drives me the most crazy because there should be ways that we can repair this, that we can kind of build this bridge back together. And I think a lot of that comes out of the fact that, you know, we don't understand each other's struggles. Like, I, I get that there are other people who have greater struggles than I do, who may look at me and say, I'm in this one camp or that camp, whatever. They may say, we're against each other. Like, you have your own views. I've got mine. But neither of us are seeing each other's struggles. And I think that's the problem. And it's something that we got to keep in mind. I mean, again, it's going back to all we see are people's highlights on social media. So that's our idea of people. You don't get that real understanding of what people have gone through to get where they are. And you don't get that understanding of what struggles or what problems that people are dealing with. Whatever level you are in the social status, the social sphere, whatever you want to call it, everybody's got their own set of problems that go along with that. So I think we should be careful in 
saying that somebody has it so much better and we need to tear them down. We don't understand what they've gone through to get there. We don't understand what they're going through presently at that point in their life. We don't we don't ever see the full story. But it's so easy nowadays online to just build up a whole build up a whole backstory on somebody based off of a few little posts that you see or a few little things that they share, whatever it may be. It's something that it really drives me crazy. It's 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 completely illogical and it's worth it's worth trying to bridge that divide because the way that things are going now, they just you know, we see these divisions getting deeper. We see more flare-ups of violence. We see more just more anger and hatred towards each other and to me it's it's maddening. And yep, some of it probably is or does have to do with the failures within our system, the way things are set up. You know, there are there are issues that have to get worked out a little bit, but it doesn't mean tearing the whole structure down. That's not going to get us moving forward at all. It's a, a matter of a, a few tweaks and changes here and really trying to focus inwards on building ourselves up rather than tearing people down to our level. And one more quote to go along with that from somebody who's a way deeper thinker than me, and it's proven in his writings. Um, it's by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. It says, Our envy of others devours us most of all. And again, so that just kind of reinforces what I've gone over. But if you're any kind of a history nerd or are interested in what the rise of socialism and then the transfer into communism really looks like, you know, especially if you're all pro for it, I really recommend reading The Gulag Archipelago. Uh, by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. It goes through step by step, um, gulag by gulag, uh, what really is entailed in the wide sweeping net that gets caught up in the idea of communism. And, you know, that, again, I kind of touched on it last week when the the crosshairs are on you, but those or when the crosshairs are on others, but they can quickly shift to you. And that book does an amazing job of explaining it and really really laying out the story in a linear fashion that makes a lot of sense, uh, especially when it comes to the situation of the kulaks. That's something that I recommend you guys look up and see how that term evolved over time and how many people it ended up sweeping up in its grasps. And that was, again, that rise felt a lot like the base underneath of it was envy and resentment. You know, the haves versus the have-nots. And again, I'm not saying we don't need minor tweaks, but when you get absolute mobs like that and you get mob control and then just the mob mentality moving forward, there is a lot of social danger with that, stuff that I don't think people nowadays are very aware of. But there are books out there and there is a historical record that can show you what those paths look like and how they evolve. And I really recommend that people look into it and take the time to really brush up on your history. Sorry. All right. Backing out of that corner. Again, I try not to get very political on this podcast, but every once in a while, you, you know, it inevitably kind of comes back to it, especially with a lot of the social movements nowadays. So just to kind of reiterate back at the beginning of the podcast, the idea is, you know, rather than aiming for the destruction of the people that you are envious of, we've got to turn it around and focus more inward, focus on what traits or qualities we're envious of and how we can build those up in ourselves. And you know, personally, I used that kind of that anger, that whatever, that fuel. Again, I'm not saying it's 
the healthiest or a way that I would recommend moving forward, but I was able to channel that anger into a work ethic, into, you know, put my nose to the grindstone and just pushing forward through whatever type of bullshit was put in my way and pushing through it to get to that next step in life or that next raise or to the completion of this job, whatever it may be. Sometimes you've just got to put your head down and push. You don't even have to see where you're going. You know that one foot in front of the other, step by step, you're getting towards that goal. So use that fuel to push yourself forward, whatever. If it's if it's not the healthiest way of going about it, you can figure that out later. But at least once you get to the end, you aren't going to feel that same sense of envy because you're going to have pushed yourself forward to that next step, that next, that next level that you wanted to get to. Now, I know I'm going to hear from one listener, Matt, who's going to tell me, you're sounding motivational again, and I'm sorry. I, I'm not, <laughs> not a motivational podcast, but I do think that there are some real key takeaways. And a lot of the times when we're dealing with something like, again, envy or resentment, you've got to flip that inward and you've got to find a way to help it benefit yourself. Because as we've talked about, it will eat you. It'll eat away at your foundations. It'll eat away at your career, eat away at relationships, friendships, whatever it may be. It is going to rot it all to the core. So you've got to find a way to channel it properly, to turn it into self-development rather than the destruction of those you're looking up at. All right, so let's break down how these apply to different areas of our lives. So I think I've, I mean, I think, again, all of these are fairly obvious, but they're, they're good. They're good reminders. I like to remind myself by doing this out loud. It helps me remind myself. I mean, I've talked about I like to record issues or problems that I'm having into my phone while I'm driving and then I listen back to them a week, two weeks, a month later, whatever, whenever that problem is kind of subsided, and then I can kind of pick apart what was going on. So when it comes to our romantic relationships, um, you know, wife, husband, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever the case may be, um, this kind of stuff can be really be a slow burn. And what I say by that is it can be really small little details that will eat at you over time. I mean, it's a, it's incredible. Right now, I'm reading, well, the new book, Beyond Order by Jordan Peterson. It's amazing. Um, it's something that I would definitely recommend reading. It's, it's very interesting from a psychological aspect. But what it talks about in this certain area is just the way that these little, little things will pick away at a relationship. And the specific example that he uses is... His father-in-law hated having his lunch, which he ate every day with his wife. He would come home from work, eat his lunch. He hated having it on the small little bread plates, like the, the little se six to seven inch plates. And this seems like and is a pretty trivial issue. But you've got to think, keep in mind that if you're going to be in a relationship, let's say, and you plan on it lasting your lifetime, which if you're going to get married, I don't see any other reason to go into it. So if you've got 40 years, you're looking down at the next 40 years, that's roughly 15,000 days that you're going to be dealing with this. And if it's something small that you deal with every single day, it is going to chip and chip away at you. And now that you've kind of realized that and you look down the barrel, it's like, do you want another 15,000 days dealing with this same little problem every single day? And that can build up so much resentment. So again, sorry, I'm switching kind of back between envy and resentment because I don't think, I mean, I really hope not that if you're in a relationship that you're envious of your partner. I I don't think that, 
you know, I just, I don't understand why you would be with that person if you're jealous of something all the time. Um, I, if it is there, I don't have any personal insight on it because I haven't experienced that. But resentment is certainly something that you can be familiar with. I know I am in past relationships and it's these little things that just add up over time that really start to, to eat away at you and they eat at a relationship. And then all of a sudden you're going to explode on something that's, you know, fairly trivial, fairly small. It doesn't seem like a big deal, but it all of a sudden is a huge catastrophe because you've let it build up for so long and you've never kind of blown off that release valve. And that's something that, so rolling into this, the way to kind of get rid of it, and it's conveyed perfectly in this book. I'm kind of echoing a lot of it, um, but you know, you have to have those little arguments and those little fights every once in a while. It's, it keeps a relationship honest, it keeps it healthy, and it'll allow you to kind of get rid of these little nagging issues that may be eating away at you or eating away at your partner. Like, imagine if it was flipped, and all of a sudden, I don't know, my wife comes at me and says, I hate the way you kick off your boots every day you come home from work. I mean, I'm doing that five days a week. That's and it's going to be for the rest of our lives. I mean, we've already been together for better not get this wrong, uh, six years in April. So you know, it's already been bugging her for that long and 1800 days or something. That's uh, more than that, whatever, 2100 days. But at that stage, you know, does she want to be going another 15,000 days down the road, having that same thing nagging at her every day? I would think not. And I would rather her tell me that now when it hasn't turned into this massive issue rather than it blowing up in my face later and us having a massive argument over something that could have been fixed if we just took those little baby steps along the way. Don't let resentment build up in your relationships. It only leads to a bigger and more catastrophic blow off later on. And now envy and resentment at the workplace. I mean, that's, I think that's fairly obvious. A lot of the times it'll come into play with people who are maybe above you on the pay grade or in the, in your job's hierarchy. Uh, that can be a, a real easy one for reasons why you might be envious of somebody. But another thing is even, you know, even if your coworker drives a nicer car or a nicer truck than you, that can kind of chip away at you. And to me anyway, and I've had this problem in the past, I absolutely have. I had coworkers who had, for me, I've always liked my truck. I've always liked to have a, a reliable and a newer vehicle. That's, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's screwed me a lot over the years with financial decisions. But anyway, that's an episode for another podcast. But, you know, I'm learning. I'm 31 now, I'm trying to figure my shit out. But this, uh, you know, this issue, it causes a constant keeping up with the Joneses. And it's just a cycle of you're just trying to compete and trying to get the nicer, flashier, newer thing than your coworkers, or, you know, this could apply to your neighbors to whatever anybody who you can kind of, you, you get that sense of envy towards and it's usually towards material things when it comes to stuff like this, again, or it could be to position in the company, or just you know, it's even happened before. And I mean, I felt this when I was younger is you would see guys on site who just had that knack to get along with everybody or they were, you know, growing up and you had that friend who was just a smooth talker with the girls or whatever it is like there's always some trait that you are envious of. And it's because, you know, reflected back at you, that's where your shortcomings are, or that's where at least you feel your shortcomings are. So, you know, it just it eats away at the relationships. Like I know, you know, I had friends who Again, I was jealous of how they could just talk to girls or, you know, get uh, get into relationships easily and strike up conversations. And that 
you know, it ended up eating away at relationships. It ate away at friendships. I, you know, they fell apart because that, that core underneath was rotten. And I, you know, we didn't do anything to tend to it, to repair it, and to uh, upkeep it. It's, it's a brutal, vicious cycle. And again, at work, you don't want that to take place. You don't want to have any kind of resentment towards your coworkers. I mean, in construction, at least, like, yeah, you can kind of do your own thing, but a lot of it's teamwork. You need to be able to rely on the guy next to you. I mean, in electrical, if I'm working on the end of a line and I, look, I'll be honest, I don't always lock out everything appropriately. I mean, I shut it off. I may tape it, label it, whatever, but I don't have a physical lock that'll prevent somebody from switching it back on. I usually just let everybody know or let my apprentice know, my coworker, whoever, let them know. But who's to say, you know, we don't have that that great relationship. We're resentful of each other. You know, it develops into anger and a real sense of envy. And who's to say, you know, one day he just flicks that breaker and electrocutes me at the other end. Like that's, I mean, you know, we're looking at, uh, a serious crime here, but who's to say it doesn't get to that point? It absolutely could if you don't kind of keep that stuff in check, keep the lines of communication open, and try to really keep that at bay. You don't want to to be envious of anybody at work, anybody in life, period, but especially at work, because a lot of the time, if you're working in trades, those guys could have, you know, your life in their hands, ultimately. You, you have to be able to rely on each other. You have to have that strong bond, that strong relationship, to keep the crew going and to keep everything productive and efficient. And now moving into kind of the mentorship role or as a parent for parental advice to kids. You know, if you're envious of your kids, I don't really have, I don't have any words of guidance. Again, it's like being envious of your wife or your husband. You know, this is uh, this is a teamwork. This is, you're in a role as a mentor you know, you, sh- you shouldn't be having that uh, that sense of envy towards your kids specifically. I mean, maybe apprentices, but that's probably for personal life or other issues. It's not, uh, it doesn't have to do with your role as a mentor. So we'll just talk about the role as a mentor to, to your kids and to apprentices. When it comes to kids, though, you can absolutely develop a sense of resentment. And, you know, this is something that I have to, I have to keep in check. And it's, you know, it may sound harsh or kind of brutal, uh, but as a parent, you know, you can get resentful of your kids. I mean, think about think about even things as, you know, they're not actually little, but think about things like, you know, your romantic relationship with your wife or your husband pre-kids. You know, you had a lot more free time. There was a lot more alone time where you could kind of have your fun. And that kind of gets eaten up really quickly when you have any kids. And that's you know, it may sound stupid or maybe you don't have kids and you think, oh, there's no way I'm ever going to blame my kids for that. You absolutely can. And it's very easy. If you have a few other things going on in life and, you know, stress is up, you're looking for some kind of a release and you can't because the kids are there, um, you can definitely develop that sense of resentment real quick. And it is important to get that in check. You can't be carrying resentment with your kids. It's same with if they do something that, you know, you've told them not to, and they continually do it, you can definitely build that up. You can start to feel anger, um, and it can start to bleed through into different areas of your relationship with them when, you know, they don't necessarily understand where this 
level of anger or resentment is coming from out of you. And because you haven't brought it up, you haven't corrected it along the way. So now it's going to harm other areas of their life. Maybe you're not going to pay as close attention to them when they're trying to tell you a story or something, something good that happened to them one day. You know, don't ever look past yourself and think that, oh, you know, just because I have kids, I'm going to, I'm going to always love them and always, always be happy to see them 100% of the time, no matter what, because they're my kids. It's still a human relationship. And it's still something that, you know, you guys can get on each other's skin and you can start to develop that, that underbelly of, of resentment. It's something you've got to keep in check. And you got to pay attention to and I don't think that makes me a bad parent by saying that I think it's, it's just realistic. It's part of it's part of bringing children up. It's part of trying to correct issues that they may have or different different behaviors that you'd like to kind of direct them away from. All right, so kind of in closing, there's a couple of yeah, just little points that I may have not gotten to or that I may have wanted to highlight at the end here. So when it comes to just relationships, what you see on social media and trying to curb that envy that can then build into the resentment, it's really important to kind of have open dialogue with other people. I mean, it's very easy nowadays to just shut off, you know, if the haves from the have nots and just not to talk to the other side. It's important to really open that dialogue up. You know, you can kind of start to develop friendships and realize that there are different things that, you know, both people are dealing with different stressors. And again, maybe the have and have nots was not the pro- the proper term for the groupings, but just two different groups, whatever it may be, whatever you're divided upon, realize that both sides have their own different stressors or their own problems that they're dealing with. And it, it'll help humanize them rather than them just being labeled as the enemy or, you know, the people that you have all this resentment for. Start to humanize each other. It, it goes a long way. And then again, with relationships, friendships, whatever it may be, it's all about open communication. And that's open lines to even disagreements, to arguments, to whatever it may be. You've got to nip those little things early and often. As soon as you can, don't let resentment fester. It's going to turn into anger, which turns into hatred. And then you're going to, it's going to blow up in your face 100% of the time. I promise you. So really do a good job of trying to Open communication across the board. That's what you need. Even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's tough to get through, it's going to pay off rather than having some massive, tumultuous explosion of an argument later on that could ruin friendships and ruin relationships. And all right, everybody, that's it for today. I hope you found some value in this week's episode. If you did and are interested in more content like this, please rate, review, subscribe, and recommend the podcast to a friend. I really appreciate all the feedback you guys have given me to this point and look forward to hearing from you again. As always, the podcast page is The Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Facebook. Uh, I'm re kind of redoing, reattempting Twitter again. So it's at Jacket Plaid on Twitter and it's at Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Instagram. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for the continued support and especially to those of you who reach out weekly with comments on each episode. Have a great week and I'll talk to you all again soon.